0: Time for Titan Stock. Big weekend for the Titans, chance to go five and four. Let's uh, play back everything a little bit. The big fella actually was not at the game with us Sunday. He was in Las uh, Vegas, betting all of his money on the Temple house. The Titans got fortunate again, but played well enough to win two weeks in a row.
1: So that's the last time I'll put money on a team in Vegas. Um, but yeah, the Titans got it done. There are questionable calls in every game. I think our, our game on Sunday had a few. We won. (laughs) Point blank. I was so impressed with Mike Evans. It just
0: seems like they should still just go with Winston. He makes a lot of mistakes, but he can be vertical. Bruce Arians, I mean, he doesn't dink and dunk. He's not West Coast. And there was a time in that game where Mike Evans absolutely took over. And you just don't see that a lot, landing from a
2: receiver, especially with the inconsistent quarterback. Well, Evans has shown that he is the archetype of receiver that even our grade secondary can't answer because – We've got small, fast guys that can play physical, but we don't really have anyone that's big enough to jostle with the 6'4", 6'5", guys like Cortland Sutton Mike Evans because those are the two best receiver performances we've seen against this team. It's no coincidence that they're big-body guys who just out-muscle our defensive backs. Mike Evans, it didn't matter who we threw on him, even Logan Ryan, our best cornerback by far, he was just getting manhandled by Evans. I think that's really the one weakness we have in the passing game is that if there's one receiver that can get big and physical, we don't really have anyone that can match up with them.
1: Mike Evans just destroyed us, and I think, like you said, Winston might not be their answer, but they're rolling with him right now, and he's not afraid to make mistakes and throw deep.
0: If they could ever just mitigate half the mistakes, Landon, not even all of them, as vertical as they can be and as roll as they can get in the receiving core they have, they could be dangerous with Arians and Winston, but uh, Winston is uh, people have described him as like maybe the most fun quarterback to watch in the NFL, because it's going to be one or the other, right? Yep. It's going to be big time completion because they don't really do screens. They don't dink. they don't dunk. They just, he just hauls for it. And I think Arians is just giving them absolutely green light. And I think yeah. the hope is at some point they can um, sort of f- figure it out and kind of get on a roll and uh, kind of work some of those issues with you, with him. It's fascinating to me
1: i'll tell you what if they had a running game and were yeah. more balanced they or would be really scary line,
0: they would yeah because they're, they they're, could go down yeah. the field less imagine if they had yeah you're
1: 100 percent right if they were more balanced they they could be <laughs> right. scary you put derrick henry on that team we're talking a different different game plan and a different different outcome probably yeah, if you put quentin nelson on that team really <laughs> when yeah. you think oh. about it they
0: just had one area and one crease they could hit and uh, consistently get five y- yards they would be scary but yeah that call was uh was tough for them when the with the long whistle but we did enough to win again the way i look at it guys uh we're four and four in the afc to give ourselves more or less control 10 and six teams rarely don't make the playoffs it does happen we need to go six and two down the stretch here because if we go five and three we're gonna be like we have two out of the last three seasons where we just got to kind of cross their fingers, right, and hope for some kind of miracle to happen on week 17. So we need to go at least 6-2 and down the stretch here. Just your gut feeling, do you feel
2: like this team has that in them, Landon? I don't think they do, and it's more so just because the schedule we're facing isn't an easy one. We have to play Houston twice in the last four weeks. We also have the Saints coming to town. The Chiefs will be coming into Nashville. We have to play Indy on the roads. That's five tough games. And to go ten and six, we have to we have to win three of them. And this team is good, but just some dumb losses that maybe if we have Tannehill and the offense looks a bit better, they don't happen. But those losses happen. We're four and four. It's just going to be just that much harder to get to ten and six.
0: I think Landon makes make some points. We have put ourselves behind the A ball with two and four in the easier part of our schedule. But big fella, I'm probably like you are are a little more bullish on six and two
1: yeah I'm cautiously optimistic I think there are definitely some more wins on our schedule um and I think we're going to probably end up winning a game when we probably shouldn't that means I'm circling Kansas City or I'm circling New Orleans it it depends on what kind of a Kansas City squad we're facing when they come to Nashville right Um, it's all going to be
0: about Mahomes. I think
1: right it's Definitely going to be about Mahomes, and their defense has not played great. So, if we can click and score points and, you know, make it a shootout, I think we might have a chance. And if we can run Um, all over them, too. Yeah, that, too, because, you know, we've done that in the past. That's how we won um, that playoff game in addition to uh, Marcus throwing himself a touchdown pass, and that was pretty incredible. Um, But I also like the Saints coming to town in late December. I'm not as worried about that because we all know what New Orleans does – on a grass field outside in the winter. They stink. You should do like
0: Chicago did in 2005 and just water down the whole field. I'm in all about it. the Championship game, my dad still just absolutely believes the conspiracy theory that they did everything they could to, to mess up that field in Chicago. I'll do it. Guys, uh, turning to Carolina, Landon and I are actually in the state of North Carolina. Uh, right now, we're doing some college visits. We uh, toured beautiful Duke University Uh, Today we'll be at Davidson Monday and of course this is around us going to the game Sunday and supporting the Titans uh, and seeing Bank of America Stadium. Uh, Pretty excited to see everything. I'm excited to see
1: both of these teams. You look at them on paper especially. Very similar teams. I cannot say enough about Christian McCaffrey. He is a do-it-all kind of guy. He is a franchise changer and i just love the kid i hate that we're playing them this week because i really want him to do well and succeed in this league and be being every down back like he already is but we're gonna have to stomp him we're gonna have to everybody thought when cam newton went down this team would just like slump and, and lay over and die but kyle allen is playing good football he's playing smart football and he is winning games that they otherwise probably wouldn't have
0: Christian McCaffrey, I thought, was going to be more of a glorified third down back and slot guy and a good, good NFL player. But I questioned him as a top ten pick. His evolution, uh, his uh, development physically, and just his IQ uh, uh, for the game and his ability to stay healthy, I have been extremely impressed with him. And I think because of Saquon Barkley's injuries, if you just look from weeks one to eight,
2: Christian McCaffrey's been the best running back in the NFL, right, I Oh, certainly because – Saquon has three and a half games, essentially, of playing time. McCaffrey has all eight, and he's been amazing in all but one. And in his second worst game, he still had two touchdowns in London against a very good run defense. And then routinely against teams that don't have the ideal personnel to limit him, he just plays like he's the best player in football. Right now, I know running backs can't win MVP just because of how valuable quarterbacks are, but... If there was an award for best player, McCaffrey would be running away with it right now.
0: These teams on paper are very similar. We are a little bit better against the run, and I think most Titans fans understand that. That's why we've seen a lot in local media about Derrick Henry this week. We're going to have to get that 100-yard game from Derrick Henry. It hasn't been fancy, but he's uh, got a lot of yards by his standards, and uh, he's done quietly, done well. Our offensive line has not helped him, uh, even though I think they've improved – Incrementally the last two weeks against the run still haven't given him a lot of room Uh, There's an opportunity though. Don't you think big fella for us to run on this team Sunday,
1: right? Oh without a doubt You know one thing that really encourages me is Derek Henry was uh, Interviewed this week about his performance and he says he wants to kick it kick it up a notch into next into the next gear for the, the remaining half of the schedule and you know that kind of talk I always love it gets me jazzed and you know thinking that Derek Henry can elevate his performance is always a plus, but The Panthers currently are the 27th NFL run defense. They give up 135 yards per game on the ground. So I think this is something that Derrick Henry and our offensive line can take care of. They can take advantage of it. Last week, the Niners ran for 232 yards against Carolina. So I think it could be a big day where Derrick Henry's going to eat.
0: I'm glad you brought that game up. And if you look at the box score, I want to warn Titans fans, uh, oh, well, Carolina's You know, having trouble, there's some issues. San Francisco couldn't miss. They just, they could do no wrong in that game. Carolina had some moments. Uh, Allen, he's a game manager right now. He's limited. He's rookie, but he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, They forced him just how physical they are on their uh, front. They're so big, so physical. And honestly, you mentioned their running backs, Breda and Coleman are so fast. Shanahan is so brilliant. He puts everybody in space. I think that might be a peak early team. We always have a team in the NFL that's like after week eight, it's like, oh, man, they're going to go 16-0 and 0 and then, you know, call me in two months. I mean, the best of luck to them and everything. But San Francisco couldn't do any wrong. Carolina is a good team. Keekly had this amazing jump. And here's how Keekly, we all know he's one of the high IQ guys really to play this game. My worry is with. Maybe Tannehill, him jumping some of those passes and doing some things. I think we're going to have our work cut out for us. I think it's a really evenly matched game.
2: They're, I think, one in three at home, which surprises me. I've got hope. I'm cautiously optimistic. What worries me about Carolina has to be McCaffrey because he is their offense. As he goes, they go. Their worst games have come when he's had his worst games relative to how great he usually is. Now, Kyle Allen, he's been decent up until San Francisco dismantled them. they were He was 4-0 and as a starter. He fumbled in every one of their wins, and he lost a fumble, at least in every one of those wins. He's had interceptions. He's a good game manager, but he's not a guy that you have to respect out of fear of that. We, we sell out on McCaffrey. We dare him to throw a one-on-one with his receivers. He'll make us pay. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, even Greg Olson. They're decent players, but combined with Kyle Allen, their guys I'd feel comfortable with leaving on the island one on one with our secondary, especially with how good we've been. Just play one on one with their receivers and low up the box and have two guys assigned to McCaffrey the whole time because we've, we've seen the tackling come and go on this Titans team. And McCaffrey is probably the most elusive back in football right now. And if we have one of those games where you decide, hey, we're not really going to tackle today, it's going to be a really long day for this defense.
0: With drill Casey out Sunday, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, I- accolades from our linebacking corps, uh, corps this season, uh, they've impressed us. But Jay and Brown, Rashawn Evans are, are going to have to earn their medal and show us that they're really uh, future big-time players in this league at that position. So they're going to have their work absolutely cut out for them against McCaffrey. Let's talk about Tannehill. This will be, by far, I think, the best pass defense he's seen this season. And I want you to talk uh, about the challenges he's going to have there because I think this coaching staff uh, for the Panthers is going to have a game plan and they're going to have Keekly to mobilize and they're going to really try to confuse him and throw him off for really the first time. He's made two reads and just kind of not been afraid to throw an interception, not afraid to throw a jump ball. And he has uh, had a good rhythm and put balls in in hands. Before we uh, mention that, big fella, uh, you've always got good uh, thoughts on things like this, kind of the on the field, off the field. Ron Tannehill's father-in-law passed away uh, early last week. Just a few days later, he played in that game and and played well. Uh, this is real life. Uh, you know, uh, we have fathers, we have father-in-laws. Uh, just talk about difficult times and what it means to be on the field. Some of us sort of say, oh, well, you know, they play, their professionals, they make millions of dollars or whatever. But how does that affect a person when they've just got a, a really heavy heart on that? And, and what does that mean to you, like, as a guy who's played, like, what it takes, it's tough enough mentally to play this game, what it takes to kind of separate personal from
1: professional on Sundays. It's a lot. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) they get paid millions of dollars. They play a, a sport for a living, but they're humans. They deal with these emotions the same as we do every single day. So losing a family member is not easy. You know, it's not easy to go to work the next day, whether you're playing as a professional athlete or whether you're, going to a company a or b it doesn't matter it's still a hard thing to deal with and especially to be so close to game time it's really hard especially when you're expected to perform i'll tell you what it wasn't the loss of a family well i mean i've lost family members and i've uh, you know played in football games and things like that but when you were talking about that the thing that immediately stuck out in my mind is i remember i was in high school when 9 11 happened i remember being at practice and it was just weird a weird weird environment and that game that weekend, it was, and it's hard. I, I honestly don't even remember the outcome of the game, but I remember literally looking around on the sidelines at all the players, and some switch had been flipped. And then, I, you know, being on the field, looking at that other team, some switch had flipped in them too. And it was the most physical game I can ever remember. And coincidentally, both teams that we were playing, I remember it was, uh, you know, a local area high school team, Pittston area. And both of our colors were red, red, white, and blue. There was a lot of extra emotion put into that game. So obviously, you know something terribly devastating for our country. But you know, it's kind of this, it, it rides that that same line of a loss.
0: I think we take for granted how mentally tough these guys are. Certainly, be difficult. We've seen athletes do that over and over. It is certainly impressive, guys. If you uh, were a Panthers fan and you were going to this game, what Panthers jersey? would you wear
1: on Sunday? Oh, mine's easy. I mean, you know me by now. <laughs> Seems like every week I go with a D lineman. Um, and right now I'd go Julius Peppers all the way.
2: I'd go with Luke Kuechly just because outside of Cam Noon, he's been their longest 10 year That's also been an elite player. He's so good. I mean, pretty much since he entered the league, he was all pro level and he's kept it up. He's won pretty much every honor you can think of. He's a great guy. He's a great leader. And he's pretty much everything you could ask for as a fan.
0: I liked Kevin Green when they had been in the league two years and made the NFC Championship game. Like the long hair, I liked that he would, did some wrestling after. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a NFL Hall of Fame player. I just thought Kevin Green had a lot of gusto, and uh, I just really impressed that he went from having to be a veteran on an expansion team to being the leader of a team that almost went all the way. So they've got a short history, but they've got a good history. Pretty interesting that. You know, we're only about six hours away uh, from the Panthers in Nashville, but we don't interact with them a lot. We don't play them a lot. That's just kind of the way the geography sort of works in the NFL, the way they set up the teams uh, in the AFC, NFC thing. But just really interesting uh, that they're so close to us. So this could easily be kind of a twice-year a rivalry. Instead, It's a, we play them once every six years. We mentioned earlier that uh, they've got a pretty good pass defense. Um, a lot of that is their creed is a good safety, and they, they play good team uh, defense. What's our approach for Tannehill? What are we going to need to see from him? There There's some tape on him, like we mentioned, and we're going to see them do some interesting stuff and try to throw him off. I think they're going to anticipate where he's going to go. I think we'll see a, a lot of tighter defense on Johnny Smith. Should we look for John, and what's it going to take for Tannehill to have a third good and winning game?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, the thing that sticks out to me most is how they get after the the quarterback. They have 30 sacks in their seven games that they played. Yeah, from a bunch
0: of different guys, too.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, Mario Addison is six and a half, Brian Birds four and a half. So it's really coming from everywhere. That kind of gets me nervous, especially heading into this game, not at 100% with our offensive line. So they are going to arguably have to play the best that they have played all year. I mean we've already seen Marcus get sacked what 9 times in a game, 7 times in a game. They have to protect Tannehill to their best of their ability. But I think if Tannehill is able to find some time in the pocket, I think he's going to be able to hook up with some receivers more so than he has in previous weeks. Been looking at Joneus Smith a lot, which I I love because I think Joneus Smith is really coming into his own and I don't want him to stop doing that. But, you know, especially last week with his touchdown He's got to find A.J. Brown. He's got to find Corey Davis. And the thing with Corey Davis is, Marcus did this, and I feel like Tannehill does the same thing. They try to make him make these acrobatic catches. You got to get him something to come down with. You got to get him something right in the numbers. Um, at least every once in a while, he can do those jump balls, but you kind of got to get it there. So I really, really need Tannehill to settle down. Like you said, they're going to throw a lot of different things at him. I need him to make his first, second read, and if he can, get to his third. And, you know, it, third is not a bad option.
0: I think uh, the hope is, as Tannehill evolves in this offense and gets more comfortable, we'll see him make that third read and maybe go out to the periphery, right, I landed yeah. in, and sort of start hitting our uh, vertical receivers. Yeah, I
2: think so. That's been the one piece that's been missing all season, even with the offense looking much, much better under Tannehill compared to Mariota we're still lacking a consistent deep shot attack because every game, Tannehill overthrows a deep shot. And sometimes it's good coverage. Sometimes the man has a step. But it's been a long time since we've had a deep passing play that was entirely on the quarterback where he just aired it out deep. And then we had a great catch downfield. That's always been an intermediate pass to Davis or A.J. Brown. They run after the catch. But it's not like the Chiefs where... The quarterback Mahomes just throws as far as he can and they just catch it in the end zone 50 yards for a touchdown. For us, it's they catch it 15 20 yards downfield and then the receiver does the rest. If you can't threaten teams deep down the field, then those scheme you because I'm um, until now, Tannehill hasn't shown that he can threaten the defense vertically and the teams are gonna wise up to that.
0: I think this is a better uh, defense against the pass, but I think at some point good defense or not, good pass defense or not, we're going to have to see them stretch that limit. I think you make a great point. Uh, Before we do our keys to a win, uh, let's talk about the injury report. We've been relatively, I don't want to say lucky, because I I think there's more than luck to it as far as our injuries this season. Uh, We've been fortunate. But we found out today we're going to be without uh, Delaney Walker again. But I think uh, what's really going to hurt us will be without both Ben Jones and Jarrell Casey. It's going to be tough. I'll let you take drill, Casey, big fellow. This could have implications, especially since we're playing Christian McCaffrey. It could have big-time implications on Sunday's game, right?
1: Yeah, of course it can. Whenever you lose a player like Casey, you know, he can't be replaced. Um, It's it's going to be a big hit to us. Um, We're not going to be able to rotate in as many guys without him because he was our every-down player. The silver lining to this, you know, we have depth. We've got Austin Johnson. We've got we we've, we've got Isaiah Mack. We've got DaQuan Jones. Jeffrey Simmons. Oh yeah, that guy, Jeffrey Simmons. Which he... uh, I
0: think every <laughs> Titans fan saw that he he was pretty gassed. He played more, and yeah. you could tell that. I mean, he had played one, and, and I don't think that's a uh, any kind of indictment on him. Any, I mean, the guy's not played in months, but I think every week and every day of practice is going to help. Uh, we're going to need to see him. He played about thirty-one snaps, I'd say. Yep. Sunday, and uh, you know we he may need to do more, and he may to be may need to be absolutely uh, ready to do more because uh, Mac, like you said, those guys, Mac Daquan Jones is having by far his best season, and so we're gonna need to see some from somebody, or it it, it could get ugly. I think a lot of our fans, and I should not read Twitter because you'll see guys <laughs> who just are so dumb about how you know Casey hasn't played that well, anyways, and all that. Uh, those guys, they do the work and they shovel and they do all this stuff and you cannot always uh, quantify it by being lazy and just looking at stats. If you watch the game, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's not Aaron Donald, but the guy is absolutely literally the workhorse of this defense up front.
1: Oh yeah, we've talked about him for years about, you know, he's all heart, all effort, every play, never gives up. You know, even when we're losing games by multiple point, you know, by multiple scores, he doesn't give up. Oh, so, I mean,
0: And that was his prime, too. And that shows, without a doubt. And he's still a very, very good player. I
1: don't know if you paid attention to it a lot this past weekend. So, Jarrell Casey started sporting the the old school neck guard protector, and Evans did as well. I just think. I think wearing that thing makes you look really tough and cool. Isn't that
0: weird? Switch <laughs> equipment in the middle of the season, though. I mean, isn't that kind of rare? I I thought that was kind of weird. Honestly,
1: it's weird. And you know what? Honestly, for a defensive lineman, that's a really, really tough piece to wear because when you're down in your when you're down in your stance and your back is flat, um, it's really hard to look up when you've got that. He's kind of pushing back on your helmet. It's really difficult. So the fact that he was wearing that makes me think he's got some sort of a back or neck issue. That Obviously, that's not what's keeping him out is the shoulder right now. But sometimes you wear that for when your head gets snapped back, or maybe he was planning on doing some more of a bull rush uh, for the Buccaneers or, or something scheme-related. But, but, yeah, I've worn those things before. They look really cool and they look intimidating, but they're really hard to play with, especially if you're in a stance and you're a lineman. Now, our offensive line
0: has obviously been much blind this season. Ben Jones has been our most consistent offensive lineman. He'll be out Sunday. Landon, we'll have Jamil Douglas calling uh, signals, of course, for uh, a guy that's only started two games, Tannehill. will have to get used to that. Of course, they've never worked together in in that way. I think a lot of our fans just think, oh, well, Ben Jones, whatever. Uh, He could be a, a pretty important loss for us Sunday, right?
2: Yeah, he's really big, a really big loss because, like John said, The Panthers are top three in sacks. This line even adds best when everyone who should have been starting was healthy, and Nate Davis was starting to click. It still looked okay, and we didn't exactly go up against the best pass rushing defenses in the league. And now we're on the road. We've lost our center, who's probably been our best lineman overall this season. And Tannehill, even though he's looked so much better than Mariota, his lack of mobility is still a concern because tries to climb the pocket and escape a lot of the times a guy gets pressure immediately because tannehill just isn't the athlete that mariota is where he can scramble out and if they're getting consistent pressure and tannehill can't buy time then this passing game which we've seen can easily sputter it can easily go downhill immediately big fellow what do we have to do to win this game sunday
0: when landon and i are walking back and we call you celebrating this win what, what are we going to be talking about? Who's the player or what turn of events has to happen? What do we have to stop or what do we have to do to uh, get this done um, on the road Sunday?
1: I swear, every every week, week when you ask me this, I feel like I sound like a broken record. Um, but I think Derrick Henry has to have a huge game. He's got to run. He has to be decisive. And he has to, to hit the holes that we can give him. And if not, he's got to be able to bounce it outside. Like we talked about, Keekley is a monster. We've got to get two bodies on him if we can and, and make sure that Derrick Henry has room to run. They've got a lot of defensive linemen that can, that can cause some havoc, so we've got to kind of neutralize them. And like we also talked about, Tannehill, he has to, I think he's got to open it up. Landon, when you were talking about him taking deep shots, I can't recall how many deep shots he's even, he's even taken. So I really want to see our receivers get behind some of those corners. I think a really interesting piece, I'll take your, your guys' thoughts on this as well, Khalif Raymond, he was given a big opportunity with yeah, he taking well. over yep yeah. the return opportunity the return responsibilities. He did really well. I think that means they're going to give him a couple plays here and there, and he might be coming in for special packages where they're just like, all right, streak down the field as fast as you can. Uh, we'll try to get Tannehill four seconds and let him chuck it. I, I that sounds like a variable thing to just you know put it in as kind of a trick play more or less, or just a, a, a special play. But I'm kind of looking for that, too, and hoping that it, it can work. That's not my biggest key, but I think that is a big, big key. And it's great that you pointed that out.
0: Like we mentioned earlier, we're going to need to see a little more from Tannehill developing. He's done really well to just come in cold and just be able to do what he's done. I mean, he's had been decisive, and he's been impressive for a backup. We haven't seen a backup just come in and win his game since, like, the Nil O'Donnell. And then we've had, you know, other guys were impressive, obviously, Kerry Collins. Uh, but it's been a while. And it's been really great that we have a front office that could find that guy. But team's going to catch up to what they've already done. We're going to need to see some development. And I think that down the field, I've been intrigued by the intermediate stuff they've done with Tajay Sharp, and he's responded to uh, Tannehill being on the field. But the Raymond thing, I think he's earned this job by looking at the transactions they've done. I think they, I think they like him as their kick returner. And that certainly from the field was a really impressive uh, return. He did something with not a lot.
2: He was really decisive. Landon, what's your keys to, to Sunday's game? The only key that really matters is McCaffrey. We've got to stop them. And this is going to be easily the best player we've faced in terms of our defense, in terms of who they've played. This is easily the best player they'll play probably for years. And with Kyle Allen being the quarterback, with their receivers being okay, if we win it's because their offense was slowed which means McCaffrey must have been slowed. And now that seems like a no-duh thing. I'm sure every defensive corner that's played the Panthers has tried to do that, and pretty much all of them have failed. But unless it it becomes a shootout, we'll win because McCaffrey was just really good instead of superstar good. Well, I agree. That's my key, too. I think uh, Chris
0: McCaffrey could win this game for them. We'll have to... Do what we can. He doesn't mean he needs to have a terrible day. He, we just can't let him absolutely kill us. We all know that if a, a guy gets a hundred yards rushing and 50 yards receiving, they move the chains and they control the line of scrimmage and they control the clock, and it's really hard to win that sort of game, especially if you if you get behind. A lot of I think the average NFL fan does not watch Carolina every week, and if you don't watch Carolina, you still think, oh well, they try to get him in space and throw on passes. They get him out. In space, and they do that, but this guy runs between the tackles. he is tough he is really absolutely i mean we think of him as Stanford sort of just like playing every position but quarterback just being all over the place. this guy does it all first down second down third down every way between the tackles, uh pitches and obviously he's a, t- a terrific receiver, so yeah, that's our key and we're going to have to beat him. we're gonna have to control him without Casey, so that's the challenge I think this week.
1: Yeah, let's keep him off the field. <laughs> let's run Derek 45 times in this game oh, that would be and great. run down the clock. It'd be, it'd be incredible.
0: That's their weakness, so we're going to have to try to do that the best we can. A lot of this, these close games where you have similar teams that do similar things and have similar talent levels, a lot of it does come down to coaching and, and how you execute on that day, how you feel. We have the onus that we're on the road. We can win this game. It's good. It's refreshing to to have more confidence for whatever reason. And uh, I want our fans to know that this is going to be a tough one. It's not going to be over if we don't win Sunday. You can't win every one of them. But uh, we've just got a very few left that we could, uh, we could lose and still be relevant this season. I think the FC doesn't look like world beaters uh, one through six, but there are enough teams in front of us that we just don't have a lot of room for error. Guys, uh, kickoff is at 12 o'clock Central uh, in Charlotte. We've got a a London game, so I guess it's 8.30 probably Central. Relevance to us, Houston, Jacksonville. So going to be a great Sunday for a Titans fan to watch that game and then tune in if you're uh, in Charlotte or that area like Landon and I, go to the game. So it's just going to be hopefully a terrific day for a Titans fan. All right, that's all for this week. Uh, Hopefully we'll have a reaction podcast for you on Sunday and hopefully it'll be good news until then guys have a great rest of the week. Have a great weekend. Tighten up.